How do I know I'm saved? Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. If the most important question to every human being is what must I do to be saved, to be right with God and reconciled to Him, then isn't this basically the same question from the reverse angle? How do I know? After we've repented, believed the gospel, been baptized, how do we know that all of that was real, especially since we know that the heart is deceitful? Jim has the answer to that most important question in the sermon we begin today. In 1 John chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 3. And note the premise, or note the first words that John gives us. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. By this... We know that we know. Hmm. Did you get that? By this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. On the other hand, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, Many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. 
For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? He who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Marvelous passage of scripture, is it not? Much to think about. What do you know? There's a program by that title. And in that program, you soon find out, if you listen to the comic director, that you don't know much. The program is designed to do that, to show you that uh, there's a great deal to be known. What do you know for sure? We live in a changing world. Science is constantly opening new doors, and behind those new doors, discovering new things, things that sometimes threaten all we thought we knew for sure. Textbooks are being re rewritten. Experiments are exploding old theories. What do you know? What do you know for sure? Well, there's a lot of things about this life and living in this world that change. But there's some things that you better know for sure. John is writing to believers in order to in order to instruct them, to help them to settle some things in their mind and in their heart. In a way, 1 John is an examination. Some of us have had to write lengthy examinations. When I was, when I was licensed for the ministry, one of the requirements was an exam that took me the better part of eight hours to write all kinds of questions about God, about Scripture, and about time, and God's plan, and how God saves sinners. I had to write out what I had been studying for most of my life, and then people critiqued that. When I was later examined for ordination, I had to go through another examination process, and it involved a written exam. And in that second exam, it was more tricky. It had to do with questions of applying doctrine to life experiences. Far more difficult. 
John is a is an exam. It's a it's an exam designed to help you know some things for sure. You have your Bible open. Look with me at some of the key questions. Just take that phrase, that phrase that starts our passage. First John chapter two verse three. Now by this we know that we know him. That's chapter 2 and verse 3. Look down at verse 5 in the middle of the verse. By this, we know that we are in him. Look at verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. As you've heard that Antichrist is coming, even now there are many Antichrists, by which we know in chapter 3. It's a whole series. In verse 16, by this, we know love. We understand what true love is. Verse 16. Verse 19, by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Look at verse 24, chapter 3. Now, he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Look at chapter four, verse six. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Chapter 4, verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Chapter 5, verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. You see, the whole book is a series of tests questions designed to strengthen our faith to cause us to come to a full knowledge, a mature knowledge, a knowledge that is centered and rooted in God's truth. So that when the tests come of life and when disappointments and things shift around us, we remain stable, unshaken. Our faith is strengthened by the tests and not destroyed. That's what John wants. John wants us to be knowing believers. And he uses this word often. He just, he, he, all through the script, all through the passage, you'll find this word, no, no, no. For instance, you've got your Bible, chapter 5. Look at verse 19. Chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Do you know that this morning? That the whole world system outside that narrow group of believing Christians, the whole world system out there is under the sway of Satan of the wicked one. And he is wicked and he promotes wickedness through that system. He advertises it. He makes it look appealing. He makes it look like everybody else is doing it. The word that's translated here 
very, uh, very vividly portrays the world as sitting in the lap of the wicked one. Like a, like an, like a young child sitting in his father's lap, trusting his father. So the whole world around us is sitting in the lap under the control and management of the wicked one. Do you know that this morning? See, that's what John wants you to know. And do you know that you are not part of that system, but rather you are of God? So you're out of sync with that world system. Look at the next verse, chapter 5, verse 20. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true and in his Son, Jesus Christ. You have that confidence this morning. Do you know that Jesus Christ is truly God come in the flesh, do you know that you are in him, that you're vitally connected to him, that he and you have a fellowship that is unbreakable, that he has given to you the gift of eternal life? Do you know that this morning? Or are you wishing, hoping, dreaming, guessing? God wants you to know for sure. In chapter 5, verse 13, John says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know, that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. Yesterday, visiting with a, a new friend that I had just met, I asked about heaven, and the response was, Well, I hope there is one. Well, if there is one, do you want to go there? Sure. Well, do you know, have you made plans so that when you die, you are sure you're going there? The response was, does anybody know that for sure? And this person goes to church regularly and professes to be a Christian. Obviously, the church where my friend attends doesn't spend much time reading the Scripture and studying what God has said. Do you know, do you know that Jesus is the Christ? Do you know you have the gift of eternal life? That's the theme of this book. John has started in chapter 1 by telling us that God is light. In God is no darkness. We are full of darkness. We are sinners. And we need to deal with that sin some way or God's wrath will rest upon us. And John tells us in the opening chapter that God dealt with our sin through the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ that he is the propitiation, he is the satisfaction that everything that causes God to be disappointed or causes God to be judging me was taken care of by Jesus Christ in his death upon the cross. That Jesus died for all my sins 
And since he died for all my sins, I can be forgiven of all my sins. And since his death was complete and finished, there's no sin that I can create that he hasn't already cared for. Do you understand that? Do you believe that? Do you know that? That as far as God is concerned, my sins are settled. Now, if I refuse to accept his gift of eternal life, if I insist on paying my own debt of sin, God is just, he is fair, he is kind, he will allow me to do that. And he's created a place where I can do that, where I can pay my own penalty, take my own punishment, and suffer my own consequences from sin. But I can't do that in his home or in his new world. And so God has to create a special place, and he has a place for the devil and his angels. It's called the lake of fire. And God will permit you to go there. That's okay if you want to. You can go there. You don't have to come to God's home. You don't have to accept his gift. But if you want his gift, it's free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's free. It's a gift. And in that gift, he expresses to you and to me his love. Now, that's chapter 1. So when you come to chapter 2, John wants you to know that you know. He wants you to pass some tests. He wants you to ask yourself some serious questions. Now understand, John is not writing these verses in an attempt to destroy your faith. He's not writing to people who are unbelievers, who make no profession of faith. He's not talking or writing to people who do not know Jesus Christ at all. He's writing to people who've heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, who have had explained to them the death of Jesus Christ at the cross, that Jesus Christ is God, that he died for our sins, he rose, went back to heaven. And these folks have made a profession. Now John says, I want you to move from just professing to really possessing. I want you to move from just hoping to knowing. I want you to have confidence and assurance in your heart that you have the gift of eternal life. So how can you know that you know? Now, when I was a young man, probably six years old or maybe a little less, I heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I invited Jesus Christ to come into my heart. I meant that. Absolutely meant that. But as I grew up and became an adolescent and then a teen, I faced a world that was bigger than I knew when I was six. I faced new challenges intellectually. I faced new challenges socially. And sometimes those experiences would knock me off my feet. And I wouldn't be sure, as sure, that I was on my way to heaven as I had been when I was six. And I can remember many times on Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, at the end of the service, I would step out and walk forward to the front of the church 
And I would say to the pastor, I'm not sure I'm safe. I don't have the confidence I used to have. And godly pastors and Sunday school teachers would teach me patiently week after week after week after week. They knew, they sensed that I was going through the struggles of any young man and a young woman growing up in a world that lies in the lap of the wicked one. And so they would patiently take me back to the scripture and help me to reaffirm my faith. See, my problem wasn't that I wasn't saved. My problem was that I didn't know that I knew. I was believing my doubts and doubting my faith. Some of you here this morning are in that very position. You once had an experience with Jesus Christ. You once had a vibrant relationship with him, but you're not sure this morning. If you were really honest, really honest, you'd say, well, I think, I, I hope, I, I really want to, I, I trust. But you could not honestly say, I know. John's writing to you. And he wants you to take this little book and examine your own heart. Start, first of all, by asking the question, do I have a sense of connectedness and fellowship with other believers? Start there. Because John says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. If you can go for weeks on end and have no desire to go to church, chances are very good you're really not a true believer. If you are a true believer, you're, you're ill. Something's wrong. It should be as natural as can be that you have a desire to be with other believers. If you have a desire to talk about the things of the Lord, that's a good sign. You're interested in the things that God speaks about in the Bible. That's a good sign. If you don't, if you're embarrassed when other people talk about prayer, when other people witness the gospel of Jesus Christ, you find yourself saying, oh, why don't they shut up? Check your heart. Check your heart. You may be a believer, but you're not a vibrant one. You're not a healthy one. You may get to heaven, but you'll come limping in on a wing and a prayer. God doesn't want that. True conversion isn't just something that happens in our heads. It happens in the human spirit, and it grows outward to affect everything. The Apostle John is helping us answer the question, how do I know I'm saved? And Pastor Jim has given us the first third of the message by that name today. If you'd like to have it on CD, please send a gift of $7 or more. This is the final sermon in our three-message series in 1 John. We want to send you that trio of CDs for an offering of $15 or more. The series title is, We Can Know Some Things For Sure. I need to ask a favor. There is something you can do to help keep Right Start going strong. You can pray for us, or you can give to support the ministry or both. Thank you to those who are arm-in-arm arm with us on this mission. We believe it is a mission and part of the Great Commission. To enlist in the cause, mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. 
If you didn't catch either of those, no problem. You can always find them on the website, rightstartradio.org. There, we'll link you to our daily podcast on the Apple platform, or you can play or download complete sermons by Pastor Jim or play past radio programs right from our site. All of those options are free, and you can make a secure donation online. We'll meet you at rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. On Monday's edition, we'll dive deeper into these tests that John has given us, and Jim will help us apply them. Have a wonderful weekend, and please join us again right here for the next Right Start. Thank you.